Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the twenty fourth of August, two thousand and twenty two, and I am recording this right after what ended up being a pretty well heard and widely circulated Twitter Spaces event. So, if you haven't really heard it yet, I would uh, insist that you do because I've pretty much outlined my market outlook, giving in depth not just the reasoning behind it. but also how you need to really be approaching the market because uh, there are so many commentators there are a lot of debates and this was essentially a very good time to have that debate between uh, you know people who have a bullish and a bearish outlook because i've had many people call me up and tell me this market's headed to 18000 or this market's headed to 19000 or 20000 and so i was looking at both both sides really coming in both on the fundamental side couple of people i invited didn't really Uh, weren't really able to join, being uh, busy uh, at other places, but would have liked even that. Uh, and uh, then you actually throw light from all angles on uh, what is really going on. We did get one final debate in part two with another technician, which is also fine. Uh, uh, the only part which uh, which got a little uh, hard was, you know, what we what I was really looking at is sharing objective uh, thinking. Uh, but i think uh, as he points out that is his uh, methodology we've had a long uh, twitter thread uh, he's looking only at trend lines and, and channels classical technicals it's very much fine uh, i am uh, i'm not someone who will you know say that you know doing something in a particular way is right or wrong because having worked with all parts of uh, the market science each one works well uh, for those who apply it correctly uh but what i do find is uh, compared to computer generated uh, program trading uh, human intervention works uh, much much better because uh, we are able to interpret market in many different ways than than a computer can and so that is where the outcomes can be much better than what we would uh, see otherwise uh, and similarly said when we actually looking at single indicator models while it can appear to work for some people my own experience was that single indicator models because of like i said when you do a computer generated model also it doesn't cross say 45% of number of trades that win or lose so even when you if you are individually doing it and you using a few tools sometimes you don't your uh, you know uh, strike rates don't really go as high as you might think is my own experience when you actually look at your uh, pnl now it can be it, it is can be very very personal it can be dependent on uh you know how you really invest uh, what is your time horizon you can you know come up with various reasons for doing so uh, but i had to move ahead beyond uh, using just uh, you know the classical tools into elliot wave analysis and that's sort of what works for me so uh, i do what works for me and uh, i in fact got someone sending me a dm uh, after the spaces event saying that you may have you know moved in and moved out of the market but people like us cannot do this uh and my i, I had to actually respond uh, a little harshly and i'll respond here as well because it's very important for a lot of people who think that you know this is not the way to handle the market i think uh, there's something known as active money management and there's something known as passive money management now you have to decide whether you want to be in passive mode or active mode and if you're in passive mode when we talk of that we are really talking of long term investors who don't mind holding on to you know volatility in markets if you're going to get a 30% 50% drawdown they don't care if over 5 or 10 years they can continue to do well in the market and so what they're really looking at is investing in companies that are likely to stay around uh, for a long enough period and continue to grow in that environment having businesses that 
have products uh, that continue to you know do well as and when the economy expands which is a fair way of really looking at it if uh, if you are able to handle what comes in between as those 30 50% drawdowns now if you really want to avoid that then you have to learn what we will call as an active uh, you know management strategy so you have to manage uh, money actively which means you have to use several more tools to measure what is really happening in the market and that goes then beyond just looking at the uh, uh, you know fundamentals of the business to also understanding things like uh, liquidity which becomes part of the study of macro uh, often disliked by uh, you know long term uh, managers of you know things like mutual funds which uh, are set up in a way that uh, you have to remain long only and invested only uh, but if you have to really move in and out of the market uh, for example you have to ride it both ways then that's something that you can't do at a significant degree sure you can go cash by 20 30 percent uh, which can de-risk the portfolio and help you get out performance relative to the market and some good managers will manage to do that uh, there are other funds which have now launched as hybrid funds and and good managers will also manage to shift out of equity into debt and back from debt to equity and actually enhance returns significantly so if you're actually able to identify a manager who's doing that then definitely that route can work for you but uh, if you're really looking at uh, you know active management and trading as a component which then gives you far higher returns than what you would do get through passive management then you really need somebody who knows how to do it well uh, i think i can uh, stake my claim based on my own uh, experience and uh, what i do on my own book because uh, everything that i communicate through this platform uh, through india charts uh, india charts insiders the week weekend with india chart series that has become so popular is is really uh, what i'm trying to do uh, on my own and how i really manage the market and so it ends up explaining why i've taken a particular view on the market and also how i'm really applying it uh, uh, to my own portfolio and so that that gives a lot more clarity i think which is why uh, the success of wwic is predicated on the ability to communicate uh, what we are simply writing as views into you know how we are really executing it uh, and then the mentorship programs really go on to teach people both the view taking and execution capabilities uh, over three levels you know so first you get uh, the you learn the basic tools that will go into execution and the basics of technicals you learn elliot wave analysis which is the forecasting method and then in level 3 we look at trade setups where we also go into how do you really execute this combining one and two together and so uh, this last part is really important because every time there's a debate on you know whether you should be bullish or bearish now we are at 18000 what should you be doing and i ended up uh, answering someone saying it really doesn't matter which view you really hold right now as long as if you're an if you're an active manager i'm not talking about passive investing now so if you're an active manager irrespective of what view you hold question is what are you going to do based on the elements that you're really watching and are you watching all the elements then to do that so if you're really uh, a active manager of money uh, and you're watching all the elements then the elements would be telling you to take some kind of action so that you protect yourself from downside risk and at the same time uh, if you think uh, this is a bullish trend that will continue you know uh, you know where to cut that off and and how to assess if something has changed uh, and if it has not changed then then you're really uh, going to be watching consolidation patterns in the market to be you know buying on those dips and so there will be only some partial trading that goes into exit and re-entry as and when those signals generate because what i have right now on friday of uh, you know last week 
the RMI, which I call the Rohit Momentum Indicator, now available on uh, Trade Tiger, the Sher Khan platform, and also to mentorship students on the Trading View platform, is uh, give a sell signal. So uh, the main point is that it gives this sell signal right after I think uh, somewhere in later June. Uh, when the market turned up and we got a buy signal so it managed to ride this entire cycle which is usually what happens in volatile markets you know if you have a trending market you can get whipsaws in any momentum indicator and then we end up using either trend lines or averages to you know try to cut off those whipsaws which is why i said the human element in terms of being able to do analysis works better when you have to combine these different tools and decide when i should use which one uh, something a computer simply based on a formula sometimes may not be able to adapt and do at that point of time and so that is why humans end up doing that better uh, but uh, when you have a volatile market or you have a bear market which moves you know 2000 points up 2000 points down then this kind of indicator works very very smoothly every sell signal or buy signal works uh, to the dot uh, and then you combine that if you want to really get to the highs and lows if you combine it with elliot wave analysis and sentiment because elliot waves is behavioral and when we say behavioral we are studying the herding pattern of markets and when it reaches the end of the fifth wave you can usually see either divergences in certain uh, indicators in momentum and you can actually sometimes see extremes in sentiment data you know either uh, too many people are buying nifty so it leads to a premium in the nifty futures you can end up with uh, you know fi is going extremely short on the market based on their data which is now available through the nse participant wide data which is sort of what happened at 15200 so we had a market that had fallen too much and uh, you had an extreme short position the highest since the pandemic and that resulted in one of the smartest rallies and uh, i spent my time trying to educate people on that even creating a uh, you know tricky or uh, what should i say should i say a humor video uh, saying that mandi mein tezi karo you know so if that mandi mein tezi karo communication got through then people understood what was really supposed to be done I know a lot of people have sat out this rally thinking that it's a bear market rally uh, but as an active manager that's not what I do so I, if I think there's something significant and if data points show that you know a meaningful low can be put in place I will participate because uh, it it could have very much been possible that when we reach say 18000 uh, something could have fundamentally changed and I would have had to change my view to being more bullish on the market at this point of time like some of the others are doing Uh, but as I'm a watcher of uh, you know macro uh, data points to confirm whether that is the case, I'm not getting confirmation from anything. I mean, nothing has changed in anything from earnings growth to what the dollar is doing to the global liquidity tightening scenario between fifteen thousand two hundred and seventeen thousand eight hundred. And similarly for uh, the U.S. market, say the S&P bouncing back and retracing a little more than say fifty percent of the entire fall that seen since January. Uh, despite that 50% retracement nothing has really changed in the underlying so does it really change the overall trend and trajectory for markets the answer is no so just because you have an 80% or uh, someone pointed out to me in the space is a 100% retracement of the fall from the april top does that really change our view combining it with the macro points uh, the answer is no so even if it went a little above 18000 it wouldn't really change my view uh, but uh, what a view is is simply an opinion it comes down to execution so when it comes to execution we look at things like the rmi the technical indicator we look at moving averages we look at trend lines we look at patterns and we look at what they are really doing and pattern wise we didn't really break out above the trend line of all the highs from october to january now someone has been uh, you know one of the members who had that long debate on the market was actually pointing out that we have a breakout 
uh, and uh, on the INR he's posted some charts at Twitter showing that you know INR is at a particular resistance is nothing wrong with those lines but we have a very different way of uh, you know uh, interpreting when when we use Elliott wave channels uh, and that's something to uh, learn and understand uh, and Elliott wave channeling uh, can also allow me to project much higher levels for the USD INR though when I was bullish on the market I was expecting the USD INR to peak out and if this is an ending pattern it should not go above 81 uh, but I've changed that opinion and which is why um, I'm anticipating above 81. If it fails from there, sure, I'll relook at the thing. But the question is, what bias do you come into the market with based on what background that we really see uh, in terms of the momentum cycles, economic cycles and uh, the, uh, you know, overall setup from an Elliott wave structure because that is the behavioral aspect. And all of that uh, has little bit changed in my mind, which is why these views have also changed and which is why in this time around, uh, similar to April, I do, uh, you know, April also I became cautious. I, I waited for a reversal before saying that it's reversed. Uh, this time around, we are a little more front footed and we've sort of just uh, called this high and completely turned there. Though I did start booking out, uh, you know, trades at least after 17,300 because that was the initial target uh, that we were looking at. Uh, and then after that, it's mostly been unwinding of, you know, the investment side and now waiting uh, for the market to really signal the next course of action in terms of upside and if that's not the case my view uh, remains that you know this is, was a bear market rally driven by the technical situation a short squeeze both in the US and India and now what we are seeing is a resumption of the bear market and because it was a major short squeeze uh, we got a major retracement that's about the technical explanation for it and with nothing else really changing the downward trend should really resume I think that's the net result of all the analysis that I came to and uh, for those who are saying, about what if it goes to 19,000? I mean, what if is a what if question, right? We are not there yet. The question is, what do you do today? Do you go outright and buy everything today because it can go to 19,000? Well, if, it, if that's your opinion, sure. Uh, but I've taken a different opinion. So what do I do? And then the question is, what do I do if, if something is going wrong? Now, in an active strategy, I also do what is an 80-20, which is a part of a portfolio is trading, which means that if you uh, went long at 15200 both on cash portfolio and trading, you actually outperform the market. Uh, the advantage of doing that is that when you're sitting at 17800 uh, with, you know, a 70% cash position, then uh, because you've outperformed the rally itself, you don't really need to feel FOMO. You know, you don't need to feel that, you know, if the market goes up 500 points, I mean, that's complete garbage for me. Uh, if the market gives me a clear sign that it's going to consolidate over here because it's already correcting. So now we have to see whether this correction is a, is a sell off or a consolidation. I start with the view that it's a correction, uh, that it's a sell off. Uh, but if it turns out to be a consolidation and proves me wrong, uh, which means it doesn't fall too much, then it goes into a trading range and then starts to rally higher again. What stops me from participating 200 points higher? I mean, absolutely nothing except something known as uh, your inability to act, uh, which is nothing to do with the market opinion or with an execution process. It has to do uh, with our minds because we are mentally trained, uh, you know, to be able to act only based on our uh, ego trip that we have to be right every time, which means we should buy the low and sell the high. Uh, and so if something is going higher, we are not able to get back in. Uh, one of the ways to deal with it is uh, never exit completely. Uh, if you see a risk in the market, you can do a partial exit and then you can, you know, it makes it easier to re-enter. So different ways to manage your psychology. Uh, but this is really a psychology question and not really a market execution question. If something changes, what stops me from participating? 
a uh, lot of hedge funds always do it they wait for major signals and confirmations the whole uh, turtle traders they they're so famously known and people try to follow trend following what is trend following all about it's really about identifying if a certain trend got in force then jumping right onto it uh, with a large position so what the turtle traders also did is initially they took a view and they took a small position and then once it broke out of that range and the view was confirmed they took a huge position that is sort of how uh, and then they would be able to keep a wide enough stop loss because it meant that uh, if the larger trend was confirmed they could ride it and uh, having broken out uh, their stop loss would be at the point where the trend started which is far lower uh, but they would want to ride also a bigger trend on the upside so it would be a high risk reward kind of trade uh, but the main point i'm trying to trying to drive here is that uh, every methodology uh, builds on the idea that you need to you know buy in the direction of the trend or sell in the direction of the trend based on whether you are going long or short on a market and so if you feel bullish on the market why wouldn't you buy more if it confirms your bullish views and on a similar basis if i am actually feeling that oh there's a risk at the market here i have no problem exiting and then reassessing that entire situation if proven wrong and if some new data comes in telling me that well things are going to continue higher I have no problem in re-entering later on, but right now I perceive risk and I must take actions accordingly, which is sort of how I work. Now, if you are not able to replicate what I am doing, uh, my answer is very, very simple. I don't give investment advice. I speak my book. This is what I do. I am capable of doing it. If you are not, you need to learn how to become capable of doing it. If you don't like me telling you, you should become capable of doing it, and you want me to be right in the way that you want to act. Now, that's way, way complex because it means. that your mind uh, my mind should become your mind rather than your mind become my mind i mean uh, so i need to downgrade my thinking or my abilities uh, to be able to act in a way that works well for people who are not able to act in a way that i act i mean it's way too complex uh, so the only suggestion is that uh, people need to read a book on behavioral finance maybe learn a little more about it uh, read books like uh, remnants of a stock uh, operator or the money game Uh, gives you great insights on the people and participants in the market, and uh, you know various issues that you'll face in the life cycle as a trader investor in the market. And so they can open your eyes. Uh, and then if you still need insights uh, more from a theoretical perspective, then books on behavioral finance can help. Uh, but you really need to get over that because while I talk about execution, execution is essentially knowing the tools to use to generate buy, sell, build a trade, position size. Uh, but even after you know all of that and you know all the signs that i have to you know teach you will you really be able to achieve success with them is a function of uh, your mind you know being able to get your mind to execute those uh, make take those decisions which is you know what to execute but still people are not able to you know take a decision when it's staring at them right on the screen uh, which is which is really got to you know be about training yourself uh, your mind to you know press the button when it's required ask yourself the right questions to help you take that decision you know is this like this then yes i should do this is this like this am i feeling this way how am i feeling about this losing trade you know am i going to not be able to sleep overnight if uh, based on the loss that i'm sitting on then i might as well close that loss out because a uh, losing trade closed out allows you both time and mind to think about what to do next holding on to a losing trade never has never helped you know so the easiest advice to give somebody who calls you up sir i have lost money what do i do i'm stuck in a position uh, the early, easiest advice used to be when i was uh, with sher khan as a, uh, you know uh, uh, which is a broking company and uh, they had lot of clients and you had to you know uh, answer to those kind of queries the easiest answer would be get out and then you think about it you know because uh, if somebody is stuck 
he is essentially in a situation where he uh, he's already uh, you know broken a stop loss and he doesn't know what to do and day by day the losses usually tend to increase and the easiest way is to get out rethink wait for a better trade setup to come along so if you know what a good trade setup is and if something has gone wrong you simply get out and wait for another good trade setup to show up you know uh, and uh, and that's learned so well in the game that that we really get people to play uh, you know teen patti as we call it in india uh, a lower version of poker uh, because because it's more probability based than uh, than really uh, luck based you know it's not that you're trying to mix up with other cards and you can get confused on what other people have it's very very clear on what cards you might have and someone else might have and you're all betting each other based on the cards you hold so what what are you really going to do in that game of course you cannot get good hands every time which is the same thing like in the market you're not always going to get the good setup you have to wait for it which is the patience game and you have to stay in the game till it comes along because if you blow up your account and then the big trade shows up you actually are not there and not in a position to participate so it's it's uh, uh, it takes uh, learning to be able to understand that you have to wait for the right things to fall in place uh before you take your actions uh, which is where the capital protection happens and once you're confident that uh, things are in your favor and you have a setup that can work sure go out and do what you must uh but if you're stuck you're on the wrong side of a uh, of a trade you're taking on uh, an increasing loss why would you go on to play the second round and third round throwing in three coins and four coins if you don't have a strong enough hand just because you ended up mistakenly overbetting in the initial phase so knowing when to stop and then uh, moving on again it's a psychological decision which is why i said training your mind becomes one of the most important and critical factors uh, even after you've learned the art of uh, you know market projection uh, or prediction and then the art of really execution and still you need to learn uh, how to manage your mind to be able to uh, conduct that execution with the greatest level of skill so uh, I think the last part may take a little longer because uh, the first two you can completely learn. Uh, there's there's more education material in India available today than there was when we started to learn out. So everything I had to do is learn on your own, read on your own. Uh, there weren't uh, many places where you could really go to get yourself educated. Uh, now that so much material is available, you can complete the learning part pretty fast, and then get down to the last part, which is learn execution, which has to be done hands on. You know, there's no shortcut. The market is going to take its price. uh from you to help you learn uh, which means you have to actually participate and take those trades figure out your mistakes and know what you are supposed to do and not do and that's going to cost you some work because unless you are emotionally and mentally engaged in the market you will not know uh, how it is challenging you and how you need to overcome those challenges this uh, the last part cannot really be learned i think on a piece of paper or in a classroom we can highlight the issues but finally uh, learning to overcome them in in a real time environment is something that you will only be able to do once you actually get engrossed uh, in the actual execution part of the uh, of the market business so uh, that's uh, that's my whole thought process a couple of other pointers uh, are so for, well don't feel fomo that's my first thing from that whole discussion uh, anybody feeling fomo is because they didn't participate in this up move which was an obvious one that should have been taken taken advantage of because it helps you then not feel the fomo at you know 18000 second is because i can always be wrong i mean i'm not saying that i'm going to be right but everything right now tells me this is the position i should have and uh, i feel i am in a more comfortable place today because because of 
because I'm always moving with my view, whether it's bullish or bearish and always trying to take advantage of each one of those moves is what makes you more comfortable. The other part is uh, among various uh, data points, I think one of the biggest debates is, uh, and this was also a discussion last night, is actually on the FII trade and there's one data point I didn't mention which I only ended up seeing later. So everybody is watching the cash uh, cash buying by FII's uh, overnight which is uh, uh, which has been happening over the last month uh, or two after a very very long duration of selling and so is this really a change uh, at heart uh, by FII's. Now for every bit that FII sell remember DIS buy and uh, similarly now that FII's are buying DIS are uh, selling a bit. So uh, they're always netting each other off uh, and that's uh, really the case in any deal, right? If you're buying real estate, how do you set the price? Two people sit on a table and then they argue on what should be the right price. They may come to a deal or they may not come to a deal. Now, in real estate, it's a very, very slow, pro slow process, right? But finally, the price at which you both transact is your perception of the right price. You know, he feels that, okay, fine, this is the right price for me. I'm getting what I should. And the person paying feels that, yeah, this is what I should pay for it. The person receiving money feels, yeah, this is what I, is worth for me. And then a transaction gets done. So it's really sentimental at that point. And imagine that happening between millions of traders in the stock market at a very, very high speed. Eventually, it's behavioral. So uh, if one party is selling, other party is buying uh, their decisions at what price they are doing that are really based on the sentiment and overall market condition. Uh, their individual buying and selling doesn't really drive the price and therefore uh, which is why it's been very very difficult to use the cash market buying and selling positions to really make any kind of forecast that data can change at any point of time the day market falls you see a negative number the day market rises you see a positive number does that really tell you anything about what uh, what is going to happen tomorrow the answer is no uh, what really tells you anything about uh, what's going to happen therefore is where you can actually gauge sentiment based on positioning and if you study the FII uh, or rather FII and client, which is where the largest part of the uh, futures open interest is, uh, the index futures data uh, in the participant-wide data, if there was significant positioning in DI, we would study that as well. But basically the participant-wide data where we can actually see the net long short by different parties then gives you a better gauge of what is happening. And so if one party is significantly longer short, then you know that that's a market sentiment that's uh, reached an extreme and can mean that the market is either at a top or a bottom. And that, that was one of the data points I mentioned earlier at the bottom of June, right? They were extreme short, shortest since the pandemic, 1,45,000 contracts, reason for a short covering rally. What ended up happening at the end of July at 17,100, 200, all shorts were covered. Okay, so it went to a long position of around 50,000 contracts at the start of August. And then it's been flatlined at, you know, 10, 15, 10, 15, 20,000 contracts throughout the month. In other words, while people might feel that there was a lot of FI buying during August, in terms of the futures index data, they actually not been doing anything. Oh, they covered their shots and they went flat over there. You know, so they're not really been buying into this rise. And that shows the actual sentiment. You know, that is where I look for sentiment. Last four days, as the market has corrected, it's gone back from long to short. And that's even more interesting. Now, of course, it can gyrate both ways. We'll keep watching. Uh, but... Uh, and that's what I wanted to really add, which I didn't mention last night when the debate was going on that uh, this is where you actually see uh, the market turns, you know. So uh, FI is actually giving up on their long positions, going short again on the index futures is more a sign of trend if that trend continues, that the trend, uh, you know, is going lower 
rather than me looking at the day-to-day -day cash buying where you know it's matching with the DIs and actually net to net it, it doesn't really tell you anything one guy is buying one guy is selling at some price means absolutely nothing in terms of being able to take a, a market view on the sentiment and direction of you know fund flows so that's I think the last one I think I'll just leave it at and uh, we remain uh, you know completely I remain completely out of uh, out of the market significantly at this point of time uh, I am looking at the opportunities more on the sell side and uh, as that as that develops we'll continue to trade the downside move just like we did between April and June uh, we will look for signs of this not being uh, a bigger uh, you know bear market and if uh, that proves true surely uh, I can change my view at any point of time but as of now a bear market rally from 15,200 to 17,992 has just ended and that's what I think is going on is the next leg down has started and uh, you need to be aware of it and take actions to uh, you know protect yourself accordingly if you think that is true I'm not going to emphasize my opinion onto anyone this is what I think this is what I'm doing and uh, until next time uh, continue to look for more insights the weekend with India charts, I think this weekend was also a very interesting one. So, uh, because, uh, you know, after that sell signal, we, I actually covered a lot of the longer term data points and which, which usually we do in the long shot report. And I will start now writing the long shot report, I think over the next couple of days, I hope by the weekend as time permits, I should be able to uh, put it out. And that's uh, going to be the work I'll be doing uh, over the next couple of days. So look forward to that and uh, see you again. Uh, on the weekend with India Charts show. Thank you.